You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's up, everybody? It's the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. With me, Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell, full staff. We got them all. We got them all. It's the the, uh, the Three Musketeers, the Dynamic Trio, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and uh, we're talking Georgia-Tennessee. This is the Picks Podcast. This is the Picks YouTube live show, and we are live on YouTube. I'm sure those of you who watched this thing yesterday are super stoked that it's not just my face on here, that there's a much smaller photo of me or a much smaller picture of me sitting there because I'm, I watched it again yesterday and I was horrified. Uh, but yeah, Rusty Kip, let's talk this game. And Rusty, lead us off, man. Be the be the whoever you want to be. Eddie Rosario, Jorge Soler. You know, lead Soler. off home run or lead off single. I want to be Soler. And okay. After that yeah, home so, run, so, just just look to the dugout and basically say I'm that mf'er. I'm yeah. That dude. Yeah. I think he was batting second when that happened. Just so you whenever know. he hit, uh, <laughs> I'm telling you right now. I have I'm 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 a Braves fan. I like baseball. I'm not the like every single day. I try to watch a little bit of baseball, but when he hit that, I've watched that on YouTube probably every day since he's done that. Like I watched that clip because that is a badass clip. I mean, that I've just, seen it from every angle, every angle, every language. The Braves, the Braves official TikTok, where they put the music to it, is unbelievable. If you haven't seen it, do you got to watch that one? It's incredible, and and he piped that thing. I mean, to know it was gone the way he hit it, we got to get off baseball. But damn it, it it's it's a uh, it's <laughs> we don't it's, have to get off baseball. It's, we know it's incredible, man. With that Let dude. me tell you what just happened. Basically, what you know, take it down to South Georgia when you dog hunt, when you fox hunt, or whatever. They just opened the dog box and let the dogs out. And a rabbit ran right by the tailgate of the truck. And we just chased that son of a gun that way when we're supposed to be going that way. So, uh, all right, Rusty, Georgia, Tennessee, prevailing thought, the one thing, the key matchup, what have you kind of been thinking about this week as far as this game? I don't think you beat around the bush, just the pace of Tennessee's offense. Georgia hasn't seen anything like this. We don't know how they're going to react. We know that Georgia is extremely good on defense. They've been elite. We've called, we, we haven't called them out. We've kind of every week said, if you're elite, you're going to handle this team. Well, you know what? They have, and, and they've handled everybody in, in a smothering way. Uh, so this is different. This is, we're going to see how Georgia, uh, you know, handles them. Kirby Smart has said they've been preparing a little bit every single week for the pace of this game. This is something different. They see Her, uh, Hooker, uh, Herndon Hooker has played really, really good. Hendon Hooker has played really, really good. And I think that um, this is going to be interesting. I think the pace of this game, I think Georgia's going to score points. Very interested, like everybody else in the country. Every I read every article that you could possibly read this morning. And everybody talks about the pace of Tennessee atmosphere. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested what happens there. Yeah, I think that's, that's the absolute top of the – you know, top of the Sunday right there. That is the first thing you get to when you start talking about this game. Kip, what about you? Key matchup, prevailing thought. What have you been thinking about this week as far as Georgia-Tennessee? 
It's it's interesting because obviously I like you guys, I went to look at and read about the pace and for Tennessee I saw that their last three games, you know, if this stat is correct on on uh the collegefootballstats.com, it's they they average a little over sixty-four plays per game the last three games. And it's that's not that's not a high stat. That's uh bottom of the pack, toward the bottom of the pack, and honestly. Georgia, you look at on the opposite side, opponents playing Georgia the last three games, they've averaged 72.3 plays per game. So it's just, it's just a weird stat. Obviously, at, Tennessee, at home, Tennessee is averaging over 80 plays. So it, it's it, you can you can play the stats however you want, but then at the same time, you kind of look at time of possession and you see that while Tennessee is, you know, their their pace is what everyone's talking about, if you look at their time of possession, they're they're the worst in the country. They're 130th, uh, only 24 minutes of possession per game, which is just an abysmal, abysmal stat. They're they're not. I mean, their their pace is also their own undoing. I think just because of the fact that they've had to go to that transfer portal, they they've had to basically piecemeal this team together because of all the players they lost. They just don't have the depth to stay keep that pace and maintain that pace deep in the games when they need to. And I think it really holds true when you start looking at, at their defense and their ability to get off the field. Uh, they're allowing opponents to convert on over 48% on third down, which, which is, which is not good at all. It's, it's in the bottom 10 as well. So I just think that while Tennessee's a firecracker, it, it is a firecracker in all, in all sense of the word and that they, they don't have the depth to maintain uh, their their own offensive game plan and I just think that with Georgia's depth on defense I, I think that could be a situation where not only is Georgia able to hang in there but they're also able to just really wear them down offensively in the third and fourth quarter in this game and kind of uh, you know make that clock play to their strengths in, in, a, in a sense and and allow uh, Tennessee to kind of shoot themselves in the in the foot in that aspect. I mean, they can come out fast and and they can they can have that pace. But I mean, are you going to be able to maintain that for fourth quarters? I, I I don't know. They haven't really been able to do that when they needed to this year, and I just don't think they're going to be able to do that against a team like Georgia. Yeah, Tennessee is a twenty minute powder keg. I mean, it can I mean it can explode like right in your face, and that's something that really stands out to you. It's the guys running free behind the defense because they're or the guys that get displaced uh in the run game and allow them to break off a huge run early in the game i think this is one of those things where Georgia's going to have to have a strong chin if you want to you know put it in boxing terms they're going to have to have a strong chin and they're going to have to have a, a stick to itiveness as far as their game plan goes because you can be as you know Georgia's not the first team this year to run two scout teams and to try and go 100 miles an hour and get ready for Tennessee. I do think one of the things Georgia is going to be able to do that I think helps them more than any team Tennessee's played this year, Georgia can control the run game without numbers. And, and I think that's an important aspect of this game. You know, one of the things that the pace gets talked about all the time, but the splits and the fact that, and, and I'll kind of try to explain this, Tennessee doesn't bring guys in tight and and allow you to kind of say, okay, well, this cornerback or, or this nickel or this safety is is in coverage, but he's also in run support. That They don't allow you to really do that because they put dudes outside the numbers and they make you declare, is this guy in coverage or is this guy in run support? 
And and so I do think that Georgia is uniquely equipped to to handle that, to to kind of get in there and be like, all right, listen, you got six on six in this box right now. Uh, you know, you got Jordan Davis winning on both sides of the block. You got uh, Devontae Wyatt winning on both sides of the block. Georgia is, is in better shape to play that than most teams. But it's still going to come down to how simple can Georgia be and be effective? How quickly can they get lined up and execute a call? Because that's how Tennessee has made a lot of hay. They've they've scored a lot of their points in the first 20 minutes of these games. And, you know, they hung in that Alabama game. Alabama made some stupid mistakes early in that game. I think there's a roughing. Can I, that? can I interrupt you on that, on that point? Yeah. Do you think that's a product of it takes a little while to adjust to how fast they're yeah, going? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure, no doubt. Yeah. I think it's I think it's a product of that, and I think it's a product of just adjusting to how they do it in general. Yeah. Um, because yeah. you know it, the splits, the the pace, the 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 weirdness of it all, the 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 uniqueness of it all. I think that's something that Georgia and every other team kind of has to get in there and figure out. And it didn't surprise me to hear Kirby Smart talk about how they have used previous periods and previous practices to do that. Because guess what? Playing against pace and getting yourself ready for a fast-paced offense helps you no matter what. It, it'll help you in a two-minute drill. It'll help you somewhere down the line. It'll help you probably in your next game, even if it's just for a little bit. So I think that kind of – that didn't really surprise me. We'll see how well it serves Georgia in this game. Um, you know, we do know that, you know, Kirby didn't do that with Georgia Tech and that triple option offense, something that they've kind of likened this to in terms of the weirdness of it and, and the, you know, uniqueness of it. Uh, he didn't do that in year one. He started doing it after that. Georgia was able to defend it better. We'll see if that pays you know, off in this you know, game. You, I'll say it now because they don't do it anymore. But you know they would bring in a former high school football coach, and he would work with a scout team the week before they would play Tech. And this guy oh. was a old-school, Hall of Fame, triple option high school football coach, and he would work with the scout team to have them prepared to go so you're not bringing in an old school high school football coach to run tennessee's offense but no. you some of those old school high school football coaches to teach your kids how to run the veer and the triple and that's something they did after that first year so one of these days maybe i'll give that coach's name up maybe you don't want me to do that but uh, <laughs> he is retired now so it doesn't matter but uh yeah that was pretty interesting i found out used to do that that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's that, and that's that's checking off a lot of boxes. That's that's detail oriented stuff. Um, but I want to say this too. Um, I'm not going to endear myself to a lot of Georgia fans by saying this, but I love Hendon Hooker, man. I love the story. I love the way he plays the game. I've enjoyed watching Tennessee's games, and you know he's battling um, for the last couple games. I believe a uh, knee injury. I think it happened in the Ole Miss game. He's a gritty football player. Seems like a really good kid. And, uh, and you know, just the cool story there. And he's playing at a high level. He's fun to watch. And uh, I think George is going to have to have a really good game plan for him on Saturday because he's playing at a really high level. Maybe the best – playing the best of any quarterback in the SEC for the time being. And um, I think it's impressive that he's been able to do what he's been able to do in his first year in the program, uh, committing to a previous staff, sticking with the current staff. I mean, just a lot of, a lot of reasons to, uh, to, to, you know, see him as what's right about college football right now. Uh, all right, let's take a break here real quick. Other side, picks player of the game. Let's go. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right. I'm interested to see what you guys have to say on this one. I may have to go in the middle here to kind of uh, keep myself from, uh, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Let's go. Rusty seen, Rusty's got fishes biting over in, in Lindale, Georgia right now. Rusty's got some stuff going on. Kip, picks. Give me a score. Give me a player of the game. All right. Well, I think it's fair to say while – Obviously, Georgia's defense is the best Tennessee's going to face all year. I mean, is it fair to say that this is the most explosive offense that Georgia has faced all year? Uh, I think that's a fair assumption at this point. And we've said all along that the one thing that could give Georgia issues is is a strong passing game. And I think you look at Hooker and what he's been able to do so far. um, He's probably the – I mean, the – he might not be the most talented quarterback Georgia's playing, but as far as just how efficient he's been playing, he's definitely playing the the best football right now of any quarterback Georgia's where he played. They're catching him, you know, he, he's played well. He's I think he had a, a an injury that looked really bad, but he's been able to play through it. It hasn't really kept him out. So he's, you know, no one's 100% at this point, and Tennessee's obviously not 100%. Uh, both their running backs – are, are, are banged up, have been banged up all year, but still highly productive when they can get them on the field. I think, I mean, when you look at this game and you look at Georgia, we've talked about the fast starts. Well, they haven't had them, you know, in, in what, over a month now. They just really haven't come out strong like, like they did to begin the year. And we're looking for Tennessee at home to do the opposite, to give Georgia its best shot in the first and second quarter. So I think – this game is really more than any game this year is about how this game starts. Georgia's got to take Tennessee's best shot and, and hold strong and not let anything get away from them, not not get down big. Because, I mean, that's one thing we really haven't seen Stetson Bennett have to do. You know, lead his team to, uh, you know, down 10, 13 points in a game, you know, and with pressure on him, have to make, you know, plays knowing that, you know, his team's behind in the game. So, I think that's really key for Georgia is being able to to hold Tennessee's best shot, you know, when they're out there on defense. And then defensively, I just think Tennessee's offensive line is going to be an issue for them the entire game. I think they're going to, you know, they're going to have problems being able to keep Georgia out of the backfield. And I think that, that that's going to be an issue later in the game, but I think it's also going to lead to a lot of three and outs for them offensively. And like I said, I mean, they might, they might lead the country in pace, but they're 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 the worst in the country in time of possession. I think that's going to kind of catch up to them in the third and fourth quarter. So for me, as long as long as Georgia just stays calm and, and weathers that early early storm from Tennessee at home, I, I think they should be able to kind of lock in and and play their brand of football. You know, I, I got Georgia 
probably a tight game going into half, but I think a game that, you know, after adjustments are made, Georgia can kind of pull away and, and come away with this one. I think right now the, the spread is kind of held strong right at 20 all week. You know, I think that for Georgia being able to make plays in the backfield and then if, you know, if they can get, keep that running game, just kind of leaning on them in the third and fourth quarter when Tennessee's kind of got their hands on their hips and, you know, kind of gasping for air a little bit. You know, I, I think they could they they can cover that spread, and I do have them covering. I got I got them uh, going away with this one, thirty five to thirteen. Um, again, I, I think that Tennessee probably gets in the end zone once early and and is able to you know come away with a field goal early on. But I think in the second half, it's probably going to be you know slim pickings for them, and and they're probably going to you know try to take some chances that probably cost them in, in, in ways as far as negative plays and turnovers player. Of the game's kind of tough for this one. Cause like I said, I think Georgia should be leaning on the ground game, but as far as just the matchups, I think, I think this is one where Tennessee's linebackers kind of struggle in space. I think that's one of their weaknesses on defense is the ability to play in space. And for that, I, I just think that, it really, really matches up well for a guy like Brock Bowers. I think if Darnell Washington were to get enough targets, he would definitely be a guy that they can take advantage of there. But, I mean, Brock's been that guy this year. So I'm rolling with Brock Bowers as my player of the game. I think, you know, he can have a couple big plays down the field for Stetson and kind of help him, you know, uh, ease in there and and, and kind of get comfortable. Maybe, a, you know, a 50-plus yard touchdown catch from Brock would probably do the trick there and, and – probably seal in that player of the game for me there. But I really think Brock's going to have another big game. And I think that, you know, Zamir might get a lot of carries in third and fourth quarter, but as far as those big plays, this one sets up really nicely for Brock and for Georgia to come away with, gosh, their, their first, uh, was have they ever gone undefeated since we went to divisions? This would be their first time ever going eight. No. And an sec play. So obviously a, a big time opportunity for Georgia, not something they're looking for, uh, as far as their goals, but as far as us as writers, that, that would be something that everyone would be mentioning because be pretty historic for Kirby smart and, and year six. All right. Kip's got Georgia covering. I do not. Um, I think Tennessee's going to score some points. Um, I don't think they're going to light Georgia up or anything like that, but, but I think Tennessee's going to score 20, and, and that's exactly how many I have them scoring. I just think the pace, they're going to hit Georgia a couple times, maybe in those first four or five drives, uh, get a big play, find a way to punch it in. But I also think Georgia keeps pace. I don't think this is ever going to be a – you know, last time Georgia went to Tennessee, I want to say that game was 14-3 to at some point. Um, you know, Marquez Callaway hit a big play. Uh, you know, Georgia gave up a couple touchdowns early in that game. Georgia came back and kind of ran away with it. Um, I, I, I don't think it's going to quite go like that. I think you're looking seven, nothing, seven, seven, you know, 14 to seven, 10, you know, 14, 10. I think it's going to be kind of a tit for tat type deal. And I do think Georgia pulls away late. I do think Georgia wins by the three scores that it's been winning by for the last eight weeks. Uh, but but I, I think Tennessee's going to have some success, and I think most of it's going to be through the air, some big plays, um, some screen game stuff that pops, and then Georgia's going to get adjusted to this thing and play a really stellar, really strong second half in the red zone, in, in the field as a whole. And, and Tennessee's going to get some yards, put up 20 points, but I got Georgia winning 38 to 20. Um, I, that, that was the name that uh, – did, did I steal your pick, Rusty? The exact dang score. 
Okay. You're allowed well, to do that. Yeah. Well, that's why I want to go first. I was, I've already been in the mind of Mansell. It's a dangerous place. Okay. But uh, yeah. So 38 20 uh, is my score prediction. Um, and, and I think, you know, I had the same thought as you, Kip. I had the exact same thought as you. I was like, tight ends, running backs. That's where it's going to be. I think Tennessee might know that too. I think Tennessee might be worried about that too. You know, like I think they're, you know, listen, you want to try to beat Georgia? Stop the ground game. You want to try to limit the passing game? Get up in those tight ends' face and disrupt them. That's why I think it's going to be an outside guy or, or a receiver having a big game. And I think I've picked all three. I think I've picked all three of Georgia's leading pass catchers, wide receivers this year for player of the game. I think I've picked A.D. Mitchell, Lab McConkey, Jermaine Burton. I'm going to go back to one of these guys, and I'm going to go back to A.D. Mitchell. I, I don't know why I picked him. I just think that you look at the targets from last week and all the targets he got as Missouri was trying to load the box and start stop Georgia's run game. I think when you look at Burton and you look at McConkie and the big plays those guys have produced, where where who's what's who's going to get the least attention? Who's going to get the most opportunities in advantageous situations? I think A.D. Mitchell has a big game on the road and kind of has maybe – he's already had his little bit of a breakout game, but maybe a big-time breakout game for Mitchell. A couple touchdowns, maybe 100 yards receiving. But I think that's the guy to really keep an eye on in this game. All right, Rusty, we know your score prediction. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's tell us why. I almost text Kip. I said, I wonder if he'll take this score. Um, I think, <laughs> I think um, you know, I, I think – that Tennessee's going to score some points, and and it's just going to happen. I mean, Georgia's going to give up some points at some point. They're going to give up some points if they handle business uh, down the line. They're going to play some high-powered offenses. You're just not going to shut people down. Uh, Tennessee's an offense that's going to get, bring some stuff unique to them. I think Tennessee's going to score some early points. Uh, I've seen that against Alabama. I've seen that against the teams they've played. Uh, Florida, I mean, when Florida have you know had – most of their guys there, they're going to score points early on until you adjust. And so <clears throat> I think Georgia wins this game. I think Georgia's a better team, but I am very interested in how long this is a game. You know, can Georgia make some adjustments and shut this thing down? Is it 38 to 13 the fourth and Tennessee gets a, a late touchdown to make it 38 to 20? Or is this thing 30 to 20? Uh, or 31 to 20 in the fourth quarter and Georgia has to score one late to kind of close this thing out. So um, it's a crazy atmosphere. We've all been to Knoxville, um, 3.30. That place is going to be rocking, a lot of excitement. I, I just don't think that they got enough, and Kip had a lot of really good points there. They just don't have enough defensively to, to unless Georgia just turns this thing over and gives them a special teams touchdown. You have a tip ball for a pick six or something like that. Uh, a cheap cheap score here or there. I just don't see them having enough. Uh, I said this in August on this podcast and on a couple of radio interviews. I, I thought the high, the hire of Josh Heupel was underrated. This guy's done a good job everywhere he's been. He's scored offensively. He's done really good things. So, you know, with this, I think that um, I, I think that they're going to test George a little bit. I think the back end is going for the first time is going to get tested. So, you know, for my player of the game, I think Lewis Seen finally makes a play and he gets enough targets to where he can he can you know be in the game and make those plays now he does what he's asked to do but right now the front seven is cleaning up everything so you really don't know what's going on in the back end but lewis seems a guy that's rangy ball skills everything you want in a big time safety 
I think this is one of those games where he comes in and gets a big momentum interception, and I'll go with Lewis Seen. I'll go with Georgia 38-20 to 20 in this game. It won't be his first interception in Knoxville. He had one yes. as a freshman, mm-hmm. uh, I believe, on the goal line right there was Tennessee was trying to punch one in. Uh, interesting pick, though. They're definitely off the board uh, when you talk about – And I got to go. Georgia's got emergency commit, and I was hinted about that yesterday. So, this is a big one. Come to Dogs 247. You guys can check out. Position of need. I told you one was coming. This was a big one. I'm out, guys. All right. All right, everybody. That's it. That's all we got. Come on over to Dawes 24-7. I think there'll be a party there or something. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But for uh, for this episode of the Junkyard Dogcast, I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. He's Kip Adams. He was Rusty Mansell and probably always will be. We'll see you later on. Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!